1: Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the Spectacle of Color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings only at worldsoffffun.com.
2: It is your post-match reaction show for the Merseyside derby where Everton were unsurprisingly beaten by Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, what may be surprised a few people was the nature of the game where Everton effectively bent over in that first half and took at hammering from the Reds. It was 5-2 in the end. It could have been a lot more. Rob Vera and Kate Riley are making a, a post-match debut. joins me on, on, on Skype today. Kate, I, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um just your initial thoughts and feelings after what we've just seen there.
0: Oh, I feel like I've been hit by a boss or something. I just it was it was like an endurance test, I think. And even like, you know, through like various group WhatsApps and stuff, you know, people started dropping off after six minutes, seventeen minutes, forty five minutes. <laughs> it was just like nobody wanted to see it through. Um, some absolutely woeful performances tonight, to be fair, but um, you know, we I think we were all we were all you know throwing our hands up and going listen you know we're going to get beat here but there's so many stupid mistakes Um, you know if you weren't if you weren't roaring at Jordan Henderson in the uh, oh my God Jordan Pickford even in the first half I I just then you must have been watching a different match I just I feel like I could just go and sleep for a week and just give Everton for a little while
2: yeah I, I think for me Rob it was there were just so many weak aspects in the performance you know. It was, you know, the scoreline, like I said, I think probably flattered Everton. It was 4-2 for long spells. And on the stream I was watching, it was very much a case of a lot of people saying how it felt as though, you know, the the game was tight, Everton... You know, remarkably someone on um, Ali McCoist on the Amazon Prime concert said Everton deserved credit for the way they played in that first half <laughs> at spells. But um it just felt it, it just felt to me as though Liverpool just did what they want with Everton tonight, they, they toyed with them for long spells. They went to 2-0 two Everton got a, a scrappy goal to get back into it. They put the foot down again. We c- we could score just before half time to make it four two and then the second half with their heavy fixture list coming up, is um, a non-event. Mo Salah doesn't get on the pitch at all in the game because they don't need him to. And it just felt as though the whole game went exactly how they wanted it to, and Everton were happy to oblige in every single sense.
1: Yeah, uh, this this certainly felt like the death blow, didn't it? Um, you know, I think that in a season full of just absolute gut punches. Um, and and especially after the way that things went down on Sunday at Leicester, uh, this this felt like it felt inevitable on some level. And and for many who looked at the starting eleven that, that Liverpool named and thought, man, they're not even taking this seriously. I mean, why should they? I, I don't. You know, when you're at home playing one of the bottom teams in the league, and that's where, where we are right now. We're one of the bottom teams in the league midweek. Uh, why not take that opportunity to rest your players? And um, it, it didn't really matter who was on the pitch for them because you had a side that they put out there that was competently managed and competently performing and and competent. Of course, is, it sounds like I'm I'm being reductive, but I, I, I'm making a general point about the fact that you have a, a group that is cohesive and together. And, and in Everton right now, you. We, you know, Dave and I talked a lot about this uh, on Sunday against Leicester. We, you know, there's been this narrative that. Hey, the players are still behind Silva. They are really still competing for Silva. But one of the things that I talked to Dave about on Sunday was this I, this notion that it really almost doesn't matter at this point why they're losing. Um, if you want to go the route of saying that they're that they're really competing hard for the manager, that they're they're putting forth maximum effort, but the issue is that they're not competently competing, and and you saw that in just. The continuation of all of the mental mistakes, all of the um, poor decisions, all of the inability once again to finish choices, finish chances rather. Um, And and it's just it's just a an an accumulation of so many things in addition to all the other factors that we've all talked about in regards to injuries and VAR and luck and all those things. I mean, this is what happens to bad teams. We're a bad team, and I don't know what a new manager can do, but I do feel like that's got to be, obviously, the next move because it now comes. Comes down to a question of survival, uh, and and we are staring relegation right smack in the face in a way that we haven't uh, in, in in many years. And so, um, you know, it, it getting getting us to compete is one thing, but what we saw tonight was a group that had really given everything that they had and had finally begun to completely lose all belief uh, in themselves. I, I don't even think that I don't even think that they're that they could put on airs about it anymore. And that was really apparent when you looked at the performance out there tonight.
2: And I think as well, Kay, for me, you know, Rob's right there. I think Everton's belief and confidence in themselves gradually eroded throughout the game and maybe at times in that first half it wasn't the first time we've seen these lads throw in the the towel for Marco Silva but even tactically as well where you could maybe say that he got it right against Leicester, there were times in that first half where Everton just hammered, the ball was being hammered downfield time after time, Liverpool were getting in and nothing was being done about it. It was, you know, the, the Liverpool took their goals pretty well at times, but it was basic football. It was long balls from the back. It was Everton failing to deal with it. And when you see that sort of breakdown on the side, that's where you do have to worry. It's not just the players who have given up. It's the tactical breakdown. It's, a, it's the inability to be tactically good enough. It's the inability to be aggressive when you need to. Um, given the team slipping to the bottom three tonight, they all have to be huge concerns for us.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I think if you weren't already kind of losing the will to live, I think it was either second or third goal uh, through the the Amazon Prime um, stream, where, you know, seeing, like, uh, Michael Keane, you know, like, mouthing off and and seeing the players having a go at each other through their frustration, you know, and lack of making, you know, the the set plays or, or, you know, these tactical decisions that have made way in advance... Not even being able to string together, you know, the two or three components of one of them to actively defend and give Liverpool so much space and so much time, and and you know, like it or not, they were lightning quick in transition. So it was just that momentary lapse, and all of a sudden there was another goal knocked in. And I think when we're getting to the point where the play, where the players are openly bickering on the pitch, then you know it, it's there for all to see. It's being played out every single game now. The the worry is what do we do?
2: <laughs> what are the options? Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely right. I mean, it, it's it's horrible to say at this point. It feels like there's it's a place where we 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 can't really get get any worse. But you know, Rob, Rob I was I was watching that game tonight, and there were times where I was screaming at the you know the television and and just just shouting. This is a derby, lads. This is a Merseyside derby, and. Not only with the defenders not being aggressive enough, you know, Jibril Sidi with an absolute shocker. Although Alex oxlade was invisible ahead of him, you know, I was just stood, stood there thinking, you've got to be quicker on the ball, you've got to be more aggressive, and Everton just passive for so long in that first half. And if you do that against any team in the Premier League, you're going to get picked off. But against a team like Liverpool, who are actually renowned for playing in that particular way, you're going to get you're going to get absolutely destroyed and ripped to pieces, and that's what happened tonight.
1: You know, I, I think one of, the, one of the things that seemed really apparent tonight, and not that it, it hasn't been apparent on some level, but but really was brought to the forefront tonight, was exactly what you're describing there in terms of, uh, you know, tentative play, a, a bunch of, a group of, of guys who look like they are processing so much in their head. Between a new formation, between a a a, a <laughs> between a series of factors, both contextual their bigger picture, like trying to save the save a manager who they apparently likes, job to the pressure of the derby, to um, you know just basic uh, competence in things that they've not been good at for a while, a loss of confidence. I, you you just feel like they're shell shocked, and for those who make the argument that. This collection of parts is better. I, I'm, I'm not totally against you on that because we've seen them uh, as a group. Granted, there are some so a couple pieces, some significant pieces missing from that. But we've seen them as a group play better than this. I, I can't believe that this collective group is this bad. But when you make the argument, though, for making a managerial change, it's almost not just to put um, Silva out of his misery and not just to relieve a fan base that is growing increasingly toxic around the situation. I think it's almost to to kind of uh, give the players heads a reboot, because at this point they're, they're trying to They're trying to do so much, and every single touch of the ball and every single decision, every single game, every single moment has just become so heavy with consequence. And, and I think that you began to see it on their faces and see it in their actions. You just can't play um, a game like this that relies so much on instinct and relies so much on on – Uh, confidence when you've got so much going on in your head and right now uh, I think that that uh, the release valve of of letting go of Silva uh, may be something that that while the players may not be able to consciously admit that that's what they need right now I I think it became apparent when you saw what we saw out there tonight Uh, they they you know we can say we have our expectations They're certainly disappointed in themselves. They, I I don't think that they, you know, I think that they feel like if they're too aggressive, they get punished. If they're too passive, they get punished. If they make a mistake, They get punished. If they create an opportunity for themselves, like I was thinking that when Moise Keane got that beautiful opportunity when he was sprung in near the end of the game there, um, they even think that when something good happens for them that something bad is going to then happen right after that. I I think that that just level of – and of course I jokingly refer – or maybe not jokingly, but I I call it the curse – Um, I think it is a weight that that they need to find a way to lift off of themselves, and we're just now at the point where it's going to take some form of reboot, and that's not going to guarantee anything, obviously. Um, This this squad has got a lot of issues. Uh, I think they are going to absolutely have to consider making additions in January. But they need a new voice. Uh, they need a new voice, and and that that voice has got to be one that can find a way to lighten the load mentally on this group of players who, unfortunately, once again we are seeing have gotten shell shocked to the point uh, of complete capitulation. And and, and again, I, I'm I I hate to say I'm numb because that makes. Me sound like I'm like I I'm I'm apathetic because I'm I'm not apathetic. I'm I'm deeply worried. I, I'm scared and I'm I'm sad about the whole thing, but I'm a little numb, like many, because I think that we all felt like this was this was coming, this was inevitable. So now the question becomes, what happens now? And as we've talked about before, this is the moment at which we find out everything we need to know about Marcel Brands. And I think we're, I think we should be finding out here pretty soon, hopefully before the weekend.
2: Yeah, I think what we need now, okay, for me, is, is some strong leadership from the people at the top of the club. You know, Farah he's invested a lot of money into this football club. Marcel Brands was brought in with a high reputation. He was put on the board amid some good things he'd done. It feels as though it needs somebody to really step up. And and ultimately, it's, you'd have to say, in, in the ten years of all the people at the top of the club so far, it, it's been very disappointing. But I, I think Rob's right in what he's saying there. And while I think the players, apart from maybe tonight and the Norwich game, have never chucked the towel in on Silver... Sometimes you can just get to a point where you need something, you need you need a new voice. And while you might like the person who's telling you what to do, and like the person who's your boss, you can go through the motions, and you can slip back a little bit. And just some of it with a bit of edge to shake them up a little bit. It's you know it's very you know tub thumping and a little bit draconian, but it feels like that's what this this group of lads needs right now.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. It just goes back again, doesn't it, to that that conversation that we've had time and time again about culture, uh, you know about how we shape the club in its entirety to move forward, um, and not that it hasn't been overdue for such a long time. But now will be a really, really great period in history for Everton to have its have its you know its turnaround. This is it. This is where fortunes change, and you know whether that's a, a manager or you know whether it's because Brands takes the lead now as we head into another transfer window. I don't I don't know, but we can't we can't continue. As we are now, and we, as fans, we can't continue to watch games with our ma- with our manager heading down the tunnel at half-time already looking like he's carrying an noose around his neck. It's just, it's all weighing too heavy. And I think the things that I've taken from tonight, um, like, first of all, it's awful to go into any game expecting that we were going to lose. I said earlier in the week, uh, when I had to do my score prediction, I felt so last even just saying, you know, I've said 3-4-1. And, it, you know, it, we shouldn't have to think like that. But we're going into it knowing that, well, <laughs> knowing, feeling like we were going to get beat. Um, but then having it played out in front of us, the, the absolute, like, tidal gap in between the two clubs there in, in terms of pace, again, in terms of tactics. It was, it was there for all to see. Um, and whilst we all know that we would never, ever, you know, hang up our, you know, our... Uh, you know our season takers, uh, you know, and our, our belief, and you know, and our, on that little sliver of hope that keeps us coming back every week. It has to be. It has to come from the top. It, it's time for him to go, and it's time for an overhaul.
2: Yeah. Uh, final word to you here, Rob. Then um, you said you were scared earlier about this team. They slipped into the bottom three tonight, and you know Kate saying there about the the difference in quality between Everton and Liverpool at the moment, which is as wide as it's ever been in, in my lifetime. I've just seen someone post on Twitter there that a team that got beat 9-0 three weeks ago has just gone above us in the table tonight and we've played the easiest round of any fixtures any teams have in the Premier League so far. Um, it is, you know, I think we've all been apathetic and shrugged our shoulders at times this season but it's all beginning to get a bit terrifying this, isn't it? Uh, it is,
1: it is. It uh... is. Um, There there is the idea that the gap between being, you know, really safe and being even close to fifth or sixth is not much um, and that there is there are still several months to go. Um, So on that on that note, um, on that note, that's why a change has to be made now, because there is still so much to play for and so much time left. Um, you know, we can't be in the place where we're just conceding that we're going to get relegated at this point. Um, I think that this is these this last these last few months have really been a huge wake up call um, in regards to you know where we are, how easily we can get swept into something like this. Um, and what, what the opportunity is now for the club is to embrace getting their house in order. Um, you know, there are gonna be some bigger things that you can't do now. Um, I mean, there's there's still a month until the, the window opens, but you know, the, the bigger overhaul things, the bigger things that Marcel Brands was brought here to do, those those are things that are not gonna be solved overnight. What whatever to have to do is find a way to make some incremental improvements and get their house in order and get things on track, and that's gotta be something that we as a as a fan base have to, to rally around um, you know it's like it, it's like every day we live in a world uh, where we can you know we can you know be lamenting the fact that there are those who uh who for whom everything is going right and it's life isn't fair etc etc but at the end of the day we still have to wake up every day, get up, go to work, pay our bills, you know, those, like all those, those re, the realities of our situation don't change just because of how unfair things seem to us. And as much as, uh, you know, the, the, the team across the park's success really irks us, as much as it irks those of you who have to live there and deal with it, for whom I always say I feel awful about that and that I have the luxury of living thousands of miles away from, from all of that... Um, I think now is not a time to worry about what's happening with them. Worrying about so much about you know any other team in the league. Everton have got to look inward, and Everton have to be honest with themselves about what it's going to take to steady the ship and get us to a place of safety. Um, there is no foundation to build upon if we're out of the league. <laughs> and and again, maybe we are. Matt getting to a point in March where we are talking about. How relegation maybe isn't the worst thing in the world, and we could start going through, you know, what that would look like. But it's December, and I think that there's still too much time left uh, and, and an opportunity for us to to steady the ship. Uh, but it's going to take some. It's going to take some real looking in the mirror. It's going to take some hard choices. And, and the time the time is up in regards to you know taking that that time to be patient and so on. You know, some choices have to be made now. Now, the question, of course, and the last thing I'll say is. Is who is the next manager? Um, we we've got to hope that that the the answer to that question is something that has already been in process in regards to being explored by 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 brands and others at the club. Um, but what we know is that it would be beyond cruel to Marco Silva and to the players to subject them to having him back out on the touchline of this weekend. And I I'm. I say that as someone who does not hold any personal animosity towards Marcus Silva. I think he's a gentleman. I think he is a guy who worked really hard. He just didn't have what it took to, to, to elevate Everton to where Everton needed to get to. And, and, and I think that begs the bigger question and something that we need to identify for ourselves. What is it? going to take for a manager to be successful and what does success at Everton look like? Um, right now we can talk we can talk years ahead about what we want in terms of success, but I think right now success looks like survival and we've got to be willing to look in the mirror and accept the fact that that it's going to take being competent before we can be excellent.
2: Yeah, um, a grim assessment, but a fine assessment from Rob and Kate there. Um, We will react to all what's probably going to be big news on the Blue Room over the next few days and build up to that game against Chelsea as well. Um, Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. Um, Fingers crossed, things get better on Saturday against Chelsea.